Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Hey guys, just a quick introduction before we get started with the interview with Lance Shuttler. And of course, you'll learn very shortly here that Lance is the CEO and founder of his supplement company called Ascent Nutrition. And we got so carried away with our conversation, we didn't remember until we stopped recording that Lance wanted to offer you guys an exclusive 10% discount site-wide on his supplements. So the coupon code is LIGHT, L-I-G-H-T, site-wide for all of his products at goascentnutrition.com. And I will have the link in the show notes, the coupon code. So if you guys forget while you're listening, you can just refer to the show notes. I'll have, again, his Ascent Nutrition website link, the coupon code listed below. And of course, if you're part of the BioLite newsletter, you'll be getting the email that was sent out regarding this podcast interview will have all of that information as well. So you have multiple places to refer to get that 10% coupon code on Lance's products. And again, as you guys will learn during the interview, Lance and his company has a very specific way that they produce and harvest their supplements, which you'll learn about high integrity, high moral. They're very transparent with the exact ingredients or the exact strains they're utilizing and how they're harvested. So again, you'll learn all about that during the interview, but I highly, highly recommend that you go check out his company, Ascent Nutrition. They have a wide variety of high quality products. And again, you can get that 10% coupon or 10% discount site-wide using coupon code LIGHT. But without further ado, enjoy listening and learning from Lance in this interview. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Red Light Report. And thanks to social media, made a really cool connection. Um, I've been following this guy for a while, love his information. Uh, It's none other than Lance Shuttler. And Lance graduated from the University of Iowa with a degree in health science. And he is also the CEO and owner of Ascent Nutrition, which is a unique holistic nutrition company. And he is also a contributing health and wellness writer at the Epoch Times. And his work also includes the topics of regenerative agriculture, resource-based economies, and quantum technologies. So a lot of interesting topics. And we're going to dive into a lot of interesting topics. Without further ado, Lance, welcome to the Red Light Report. Thank you, Dr. Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, It's really going to be exciting because this is really a, a huge passion of mine, light in general. And it's sort of what catalyzed my awakening to understand more about health and wellness in general. That's just a good segue into my first question. Give us give us a little more about your background and how you became so infatuated with light, kind of like me. I don't know about you, but I was a late bloomer. We kind of talked a little before the recording. Um, I kind of just came upon light uh, serendipitously. and, And here we are. So as a late bloomer, so to speak, but give us some background on you, how you became entrenched in, in the light space and all these other interesting, you know, sub areas that you're a part of now. Yeah, definitely. So it was around 2009. I had a family member who was going through bouts of depression and this family member, long story short, ended up taking his life. And, and so it was obviously a very traumatic and pivotal point in my life. And what really stemmed from that was me trying to search for 
answers and information to what is health, what is happiness, what is the brain, how does it actually function, and you know what what is real medicine. So that sort of really catalyzed the the process for me, and it still took a couple of years before I really started diving down, you know, really deep. But I remember learning about rhodiola rosea and that root and what it does for the brain specifically and the body for endurance physically mentally emotionally uh you know all the soviet secret research that was going on back decades ago on rhodiola and then a short time after that i started to see that there was a very interesting concept going around in relation to rhodiola which is that rhodiola was shown to be able to help the body hold on to more light and so this relates to biophotons and light energy in general and so that just sort of began the process for me of okay well what is this light and and where does it come from is the sun actually helpful for us is it harming us like we're being told or is there something more going on so that really began the process and i started doing a lot of research in school but then outside of school because as you know the schooling system that we have in general you're only getting so much information and listening to doctors and practitioners like yourself and you know the people that you have on your show and so many other great shows that this is where the real good information is coming from people who are in the field actually doing the work and getting their the reports back from their patients and not just you know what's found in a textbook of what should be happening but what actually is happening Right. As a physical therapist. And I asked this to a lot of my guests is like, how much did you learn about light, you know, as an MD or as a different physician? And it's like close to, well, it's always 0%. Like you never learn about light and how it affects, you know, regeneration and, and repairing the body and just improving health. So for whatever reason, whether it's intentional or not, light is omitted from school and from learning. Uh, and you mentioned rhodiola, which is interesting because I do take that on a daily basis thanks to Dr. Sandra Kaufman. And it's one of her main, I guess it would be an adjuvant for longevity purposes, but I didn't know there was an interaction with light. So what other type of supplements or adjuvants would be on that list of having a high affinity for interacting with, with the light and improving our health that way? Well, first, it's a, it's a fantastic question. And I think it's a, a very early question because my personal view is that all foods are doing something with light in general but what foods are going to actually help us hold on to more light and actually enhance the bioenergetics of the body i think that's a, a new field for sure and only so much research has done has been done but clearly rhodiola another compound that's very interesting that i've been doing a lot of research on and taking myself for years is dha and what that's doing to light in the body and how it helps the eyes convert light to electricity and so forth so there's a lot of different foods. I would assume that my my assumption would be that any food that's upregulating neurogenesis or doing something with the brain in in terms of how neurons are are connecting or forming better, the synapses and the axons can can connect. I would think that there's something going on with light there for sure. Any of the darker pigmented foods like turmeric, we know that that is acting on a certain wavelength. There's some really interesting cancer research that I've seen as it relates to turmeric and a specific frequency. I really believe that, you know, the darker pigmented ones, clearly they are having an effect on us physiologically, but also on this light level within the body. And 
uh, just helps support these processes. And, you know, this relates overall back to this big concept put forth back a couple decades ago from a biophysicist named Fritz Albert Popp. And he has this quote, this isn't word for word, but essentially saying that the human physiology is very complex. And while we're still at the very beginning of this, we do know that all metabolism within the human body is dependent on light. Every process is dependent on the function of light, whether it's the absence of light or the presence of it. Again, when I came across that as it related to the rhodiola and some of these things that I was looking at, the DHA and different omegas and, and what they can do and, and different biophotonic studies that have actually taken place in rats, but also in humans, it's a very interesting concept. Clearly, you're very well aware and the audience is too, but it's something that when I came across it, I just went all in because it just resonated that, all right, this this feels right. This looks right scientifically too. And it, it clearly, there's so many unanswered questions that we have about human physiology and health in general from a mainstream science perspective. Whereas, you know, these holistic and natural methods, a lot of the answers already exist. Clearly, there's more research to be done, but we do have a good understanding of some of the basics and how we can do that, how we can enhance health with those basics. Yeah. And I think along the lines of, you know, what types of supplements or adjuvants could improve your, your affinity for lighter or electrons, like you pointed out, I think any food that interacts with the light, so anything that's not packaged or processed, vegetables or anything out on the farm that's, that's getting direct contact with the light, it's capturing that light. And when you ingest it, you're getting that energy from the light and thus it's interacting with your cells, like you said, at a bioenergetic level. And I think a couple I would throw in just based on some reading I've done, that Ari Witten book I, I showed you, Lance, I think he talked about how, of course, plants, they utilize chlorophyll to capture light. But even if humans ingest chlorella or spirulina, and thus you're getting those quote unquote green compounds, they did some research where humans were actually able to absorb more light or capture more light, so to speak, when they took that on a consistent basis. So I think chlorella was a big one. And then ECGC. So I mean, they're both green, right? So probably similar pathways or, or processes they work by. But I think those are a couple of other I toss into the hat for potentially improving a human's capacity to interact with light. Let's go down the DHA rabbit hole a little more because I know you're really into that and and very... Uh, well-versed in there. And, and you sent me a link for an article, the DHA regimen. And I'd love for you to kind of go into why is DHA so special? Why should we in the audience be really thinking about taking this if we're not already on a consistent basis because of its impacts on our physiology? Yeah, definitely. So I'll answer this more from a physical level at first. And then I think going into more of the biophotonic energetics could be interesting. So the DHA regimen, Mike, it's something that I put together. You could call it an article, a little protocol. But what I've done with this is I spent extensive time researching human studies with fish oils and algae oils. And I wanted to see, okay, what is a sort of baseline that has been set, if any, on how much omegas does a, a human need to take over a period of time to actually make a physiological difference and actually first feel the effects. But second, if you're testing uh, different percentages of compounds or different markers, you know, what what is that going to be? So what I did is I looked at many different studies from fish oils and algae oils, 
And the basis of this is that they found a person can raise their omega-3 index percentage over a period of, on average, three to six months. It can take longer to what we call a healthy level. Okay. And so what this is, is eight to 12% is the standard of where a human really wants to be. And what that means is when we test red blood cell membranes, we can see how much of these, these omega-3s and fatty acids in general are incorporated into these red blood cell membranes. So 95% of the population is deficient and at around three to 4% where we, again, want to be about 8 to 12%. And so what these studies showed is that whether it came from fish oil or algae oil, a person in general is able to raise those levels to that 8 to 12% if they're taking 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams a day of the DHA and EPA over time. And so what this really is about is putting forth the information so people know what a marker is, you know, what's the goal, how do you get there? And then, you know, with our product, of course, you know, a clean source of it that a person can take. But, you know, why is this important? Like, why do we want to get to this? Well, we know that DHA is a needed component in all neurons and actually in every cellular membrane, but specifically throughout the brain and nervous system. And so what that is going to do is upregulate, or it's been shown to upregulate a couple growth factors, one called nerve growth factor, another one called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Uh, There's another called synaptamide. We know that DHA influences different genes within the brain and nervous system in, in humans and animals. And so DHA, one of these omega-3s, is the sort of brain building block, you could call it. Uh, or a neuronal building block because it's an actual fatty acid that needs to be incorporated in these neurons. And so this is part of why some governments will suggest to pregnant mothers, hey, get, I think it's 800 milligrams is what Australia is recommending to mothers. I think it's a little low. Promoting omega-3s to pregnant and nursing mothers, first and foremost, very important because the developing brain of that baby in the womb needs these omega-3s. That's why they're called essential fatty acids. These aren't things that we just should get or maybe can get a little bit of here and there, but we know that these things need to be incorporated. And when we do it at adequate levels, these omega-3 index percentages can go up. As many of you know, BioLite recently released its newest product, the Adapt System. And so this is BioLite's take on the full body 360 degree red light therapy treatment. Most of the products out there like that are red light therapy beds that completely enclose you, kind of like a capsule or those tanning beds. While those are nice and they're beneficial, they take up a lot of space. For those that are claustrophobic, they're not user friendly. The Adapt System includes a red light therapy table that's on wheels, so it's mobile, and a red light therapy panel that is on an apparatus that allows you to literally lower or increase the height of on a motorized platform as well as you can rotate that panel 360 degrees so you can get it precisely how you want it. The ADAPT system again includes that table to lie on, the panel that you can raise and lower just above the body or a couple of feet above the body or you could use just the panel for standing treatments or for lying on a different surface and so the ADAPT system includes both products but you can also 
also purchase just the adapt table or just the adapt panel based on your needs. Right now, with the new release of the adapt system, Byline is offering 15% off the first 10 purchases that can include just the adapt table, the adapt panel, or the entire adapt system. You're one of the first to hear about this innovative, cutting edge, patent pending technology. And so if you want to jump on that 15%, I would recommend purchasing as soon as possible. If you have any questions about the adapt system, please reach out to Biolite either through Instagram at biolite.shop or email info at biolite.shop. The lights, both the red and near infrared, is customizable. So you get to choose exactly which wavelengths of red and near infrared that you want. And if you need help choosing, as this is tailored towards physicians and med spas and recovery centers and gyms and yoga studios of that sort. So if you need help choosing which wavelengths would be best for your patient or client population, you'll be able to conversate with me directly so I can help you decide which wavelengths would be best. And along with the customizable LEDs, you can literally increase and decrease the intensity of the light with a turning knob. So from 1% up to 100%, you get to dictate the power of the light. And so this gives you maximal versatility with your full body, 360 degree red light therapy treatments with the products themselves, the table and the panel, but also the versatility with the customizable LEDs and the ability to increase and decrease the intensity of the light at will. The ADAPT system, 15% off the first 10 purchases. Email info at biolite.shop or reach out to us at biolite.shop on Instagram. More or less from a quantum perspective, and again, I'll harken back to Dr. Jack Cruz because that's where I basically learned most of my information about uh, DHA and its impact on the body and our health. And and based on Jack Cruz and his education and information, he says that we need more DHA if we get less sun. And I don't know if this would resonate with you, Lance, so just let me know. But it would seem like in the winter times, especially I'm here up in Montana where it's overcast most of the winter, I would want a lot more DHA during the winter compared to the summer if I'm outside getting consistent exposure to sun. I'm not saying disregard it altogether, but as far as the seasonality, there could be some interplay there. Jack Cruz also says that we need more DHA and uh, high quality water if we're exposed to EMFs or a high level of EMFs. We should try to get a lot of our DHA, like you said, from the sea. You said fish and algae. But he would say especially oysters because they seem to have a high ratio of DHA. From the quantum health perspective, the DHA turns the sunlight into a DC electric current, which is important for its regenerative properties. And so every plant and animal on the planet uses this DC electric current to regenerate. So whether it's healing from a wound or from an illness, you need this DC electric current in order to properly heal and to your point, Lance, DHA is kind of the cornerstone for all of that. It's a cornerstone to get that DC electric current that we need for regeneration. So it's really interesting. And I just have a question for you, Lance, because I don't know the answer. I'm currently taking astaxanthin, which is from algae, and some wild-caught fish eggs in a powder form from ancestral supplements. So would any of that have DHA? I know astaxanthin is astaxanthin, which has its own properties, but does that have any DHA because it's an algae? And then do fish eggs themselves have DHA? Am I getting anything from those? Okay, so the fish eggs, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would assume, yes, that there, I mean, there really should be because the fish, you know, are eating the algae 
And then if they're having babies and, you know, with the eggs, you would assume that some of those fatty acids are going to be transferred over. So I would, I would guess, yes. The astaxanthin, no, because it is just that certain sort of pigment there. Now, what is interesting is that if you take, let's say, a fish oil product, or if you're consuming salmon, obviously, you're going to get whether it, it could be large amounts or micro amounts of it. Now, even our algae product, we don't market that there's astaxanthin in there technically because we can't, but there is minute, minute, minute amounts of it in there, but nothing that's actually going to be physiologically relevant. So they just extract the axaxanthin. And so if you have that by itself, it's just going to be a separate pigment. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And to your point about your product being cleaner, I think it's important for for the audience to understand why that is because you sent me a couple of other video links that were very interesting and I'll attach to the show notes of, of this episode. But as far as clean goes, well, we have, if you consume a lot of fish, you have to worry about the lifestyle of that fish and or different toxins that can accumulate inside that fish. And then from an algae perspective, you have to worry about the environment of that algae and any uh, dirty waters or, or whatever environments that it's living in that you could be consuming via the algae. So to your point, to have a clean product is highly important when you're going to be taking a supplement, uh, especially something like DHA. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you said earlier, a couple of the best sources food-wise, the oysters and salmon, those are really the top two. And you know, kind of as it relates to this with the DHA regimen is if you want to get a thousand to 2000 milligrams a day, and if you're having salmon, let's just say a, an average three ounce serving. And if you look that uh, look this up, even on PubMed, you can see it's about 1300 milligrams of DHA per three ounces. So if you want to get up to seven to 14,000 milligrams a week, then you'd really have to consume what it ends up being about five and a half to 11 servings of salmon per week. Now, most people aren't doing that, nor are they going to. And so this is where a product like this, a supplement, like a, a true, what you could, could call a supplement, it, it comes in play nicely because whether you're eating fish or not, this is something that you can, again, you can reach these thresholds or these, these amounts in the diet to have these physiological changes. So let's say you are having two or three servings of salmon. Well, you can calculate that and then you can say, okay, well, I need to get X amount more of these milligrams of DHA and EPA. And that's where supplementation comes in. And so to your point of, you know, food and sources of it, exactly. It does depend where the fish, where they've been living their life. Is it factory farms? Is it truly wild caught? What's in the water around there? It's all going to be highly variable. And, you know, we certainly don't have any issues against fish oils or fish oil companies or the industry. Some people do, of course, but our point is just simply to get these omega-3s out to as many people as possible. Whether you're vegan or carnivore, doesn't matter. The point is, again, getting a person up to these levels where they can have these changes. And so what we do is we grow the algae in hermetically sealed tanks, and then we water extract it in a way where we keep the natural ratio of the DHA to EPA in form and in structure because of this unique extraction method. So there's other companies that will have to use hexane or other forms of extraction, and they have to put seed oils in, they have to put other preservatives in. And even though it might be an algae-based product, there's still a lot of things in there that you don't really need. 
And so what we've done is we just have, you know, the antioxidant tocopherol added in and that's it. Plus the 24 different fatty acids. So a thousand milligrams DHA, 10 EPA and smaller amounts of the different fatty acids. But this brings up a very important point too, which is the ratio that I mentioned. So if you look on PubMed, at least one of the sources that I've found is that physiologically speaking, us humans, we have about a 350 to one ratio of what we need for DHA to EPA in the brain and nervous system. And so our product, it's a hundred to one. And if you look at other companies, no one's really coming close to that level. And again, the reason is because when they hexane extract, they will actually change the structure of that marine algae. And so it creates a different finished product of different levels of DHA and EPA. That's not to say it's detrimental or terrible or that you shouldn't be putting it in your body. It doesn't keep the natural ratio in place. And that's exactly what we're doing is keeping it natural, pure, clean, and going to the source. Because again, the fish eat the algae. And so we just go to the source. Does that mean without ratio, does that mean yours has a higher concentration? Or is that just more so about maintaining like you're saying, the normalcy of the environment? Uh, yeah, higher concentration in general. I mean, yeah, okay. th there might be different products, you know, with different dosages, but ours per one ml is a thousand milligrams of DHA, 10 milligrams of EPA, and micro amounts of 22 other fatty acids. And we show the COA on our website because that's part of this too, is we want to give people the information of, hey, we're so confident and happy with our product that we're willing to show you the coa of where we're testing heavy metals we're showing you all the different fatty acids that are in there the microbial testing pure and clean and there's probably not a lot of omega-3 companies out there doing that just simply because a lot of them are coming from fish and there can be you know heavy metal issues sometimes not always but there can be issues with that and different contaminants that's awesome i love the transparency that's great that you're setting the bar because I'm not sure how many other companies do that. So I love love hearing that, Lance. But just quickly for the audience, just give a quick synopsis of why they should be taking the DHA supplement. Like, What will they notice or what will they mitigate or what can they prevent by consuming DHA on a consistent basis? Okay. So in general, we know that omega-3s support brain health. So you know, in that regard, people can feel just a better cognition, feel that they have a better recall, stronger memory. Uh, they just might feel clearer and sharper. Cardiovascular wise, we know that omega-3s really help blood glucose levels. They help blood pressure. They help with the overall functioning of the cardiovascular system because DHA is incorporated into something called cardiolipin, which also relates to mitochondria and just the function of cells. We know that omega-3s help with healthy insulin response. Uh, there's different things where they'll activate different genes. One is called the PPAR set of family genes. Uh, that's a very interesting concept. I won't go too deep into it, but also we know that omega-3s modulate inflammation. So they're going to turn off or they can lower the expression of things like interleukin-1, TNF-alpha, omega-3s we know modulate that. And omega-3s, again, also upregulate nerve growth factor production, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So it's going to help in that different area of the brain and nervous system. But just overall, supporting a healthy inflammatory response, supporting cardiovascular health, supporting brain health, 
uh, skin health. It's known to help as well. Libido in different ways. DHA is actually very important in terms of the functioning of telomeres, just how DNA interacts in the body. So overall, we know that it's just helping us on these wide ranging different levels. And this is why even your average medical doctor who has even just a basic sense of nutritional understanding, if a patient goes and says, Hey, I want to take omega-3s or fish oils in general, if they're at least halfway aware, they're going to say, yeah, okay, this is safe. This is fine. Cause we know there's so many studies out there showing that omega-3s are beneficial for humans, also pets, but they do help us. And it's just very well established that they are contributing to our health and since dha interacts with the sunlight and creates that dc electric current what are your thoughts on if someone's supplementing dha how their red light therapy sessions may improve or not do you have any uh, thoughts behind that yeah definitely so i think a lot of this is theoretical at this point there may be some established you know if someone's listening and has some established information please let us know so dha is incorporated into the rods and the cones in the eyes. And when sunlight hits that, it acts really as like a, a converter to just that, that DC electric. So it's taking a light energy, the photons, and converting it into an electrical signal then that the brain reads and can use that information to then tell the cells, hey, this is how we're going to respond to this sort of stimulus. There's a scientist out there, Michael Crawford, who's talked a lot about this in relation to evolution and light and DNA itself. And he talks about how it's DHA that has actually been dictating to DNA how evolution takes place. And it's partly because of how it's interacting with light uh, and what that's doing to us. So DHA has been a compound that hasn't changed its structure or function in millions of years, hundreds of millions of years, maybe even longer. And because it's been so conserved in that area, it hasn't needed to change. It served its role so well. It's doing just that conveying and transmitting light throughout the body. And so DHA, in some regards, he calls this a quantum processor uh, because it's taking information and it's processing it and then transmitting it in a different form. You know, you could also call this sort of like a free energy generator. I really believe that the human body is the greatest free energy generation machine out there because we're taking free energy from the sun or from food and converting that into a different form of energy than that the body uses to hopefully heal and restore and, and maintain equilibrium. And so how would that potentially impact like a red light therapy session? Again, theoretically, would that allow a person to better receive that light and like you're saying convert it into an energy that the body could then utilize you know it's very possible that's what my hypothesis is at this moment if you combine dha with red light there is some sort of interaction it just depends what is actually happening and is it therapeutic i would assume you know right. both two therapeutics you combine them uh it's probably going to have an amplification effect I also think too, Mike, that this relates to something that even goes beyond like traditional sciences and that it relates to consciousness itself or the ability to think or comprehend. But what I personally do is before I do red light therapy, I absolutely take the DHA. It's just something that I've incorporated for the past few years 
whether it's the combination of the two or them individually being so profound, I definitely feel the brain effects from them. And I feel a sort of enhancement after I do the red light therapy sessions when I do take the DHA with it. Interesting. Is there anything else that you combine with the DHA or is that kind of like the one that you're sure to take before a red light therapy session? Definitely the DHA. Something else that I've used a lot is something called phycocyanin. And that is the blue pigment from spirulina. So that's, you know, really interesting that you brought up the spirulina and that aspect. I also will take greens before I go outside in the sun as well because of that. The phycocyanin, because of that blue pigment. Again, this is more theoretical, but I have this belief that if you're combining the red light with this blue, this dark, dark blue pigment, then that will be circulating in the bloodstream at that time. It probably is having some sort of combination effect. And if you think about electricity and lightning up above storm clouds, it's been said that there's a blue light and a red light then that is converging to then make the white light of the lightning bolt that will come down beneath the clouds. My theory on this is that, okay, you're combining the red light with a blue light that will eventually be, you know, utilized in the body with that phycocyanin. And is there some sort of, you know, electrifying effect with that where it's enhancing our physiology in a beneficial way? Again, I I haven't proven that and I don't know, but it's a concept. And if you just think about, again, lightning in general, it could be doing something similar in the body energetically. Sure, sure. And I'm not super savvy with, does that have anything to do with why methylene blue could be synergistic with red light therapy because of that blue pigment? Yeah, phycocyanin. Is there any correlation there or are they like two separate things that just happen to be blue? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I believe that it has something to do with the the blue pigment. Now, as it relates to methylene blue specifically, I don't know exactly. Is it because it's the blue pigment or is there something else that's going on with that? You know, for those that don't like methylene blue, and this is part of the reason why I started the phycocyanin, not because I don't like methylene blue, but because I came across the phycocyanin first and then learned about the methylene blue. And so that same concept or that same question kind of came up for me is, okay, well, we know that the methylene blue in combination with red light is beneficial and there's so many people using it. Can it be said the same for phycocyanin? Again, I think it'd be really interesting for people to study this in a controlled manner and see what's there, but it certainly is a possibility. Yeah, it's intriguing. And I, and I know there's some other mitochondrial boosting properties of methylene blue, and I'm not sure if there are specifically with phycocyanin, but regardless, like you're saying, with the, with the blue pigment, that's kind of what matters with the interaction with the red light and creating that electrical charge. So yeah, that'd be interesting to, to dive a little deeper into that. But let's move on from DHA and talk about another topic uh, you're pretty passionate and interested in, and that's mushrooms. Give us a little background on mushrooms, what role they have to do with our health. Let's just kind of take it from there. Yeah. So back when I started, you know, really becoming aware of this stuff and digging deeper, I learned about lion's mane mushroom. And specifically, I was looking for compounds that could stimulate neurogenesis. Okay. And we know red light therapy stimulates neurogenesis. Red light therapy specifically upregulates nerve growth factor as well and brain-derived neurotrophic factor amongst other compounds and downregulating others as well. But 
I was really just wanting to get into neurogenesis and hacking my brain in a beneficial way and just becoming sharper and more intelligent and happier and healthier overall. And I came across lion's mane because there's a couple compounds in there that will cross the blood brain barrier and then stimulate the production of those growth factors that we just talked about. This was, you know, over 10 years ago, and I have been using it since lion's mane. And I think lion's mane now is probably the most popular mushroom out there because of that sort of brain enhancing effects, but also mushrooms we share 50% of our DNA in common with mushrooms, whereas with plants, it's only about 10%. And this is coming from UC Berkeley. This is something that they published. So we have co-evolved with mushrooms in a symbiotic way where they make compounds that we benefit from extremely well too. The different polysaccharides, a lot of the different hericinones and aranacines within lion's mane, those are the nerve growth factor stimulating compounds. Just in general, how they're supporting the immune system and supporting that innate intelligence within the body. The body knows how to respond. And if we can give the body compounds that directly relate to how we function, like mushrooms, they can help us in different ways. And so I just became fascinated with the lion's mane and starting to learn more about it. And again, if you so long that we wanted to bring out our product. And so we just recently did that, but there's other mushrooms too, that will stimulate neurogenesis in different ways. But again, it's just lion's mane. That is really the big one for the brain that we know about. Yeah. And I've actually been taking lion's mane I don't know, for a couple of years now, just on a daily basis. And another one that is a concoction of like shiitake, turkey tail, cordyceps, all the popular ones, there's like five or six in there just for the immunity boosting properties. I really like taking those as supplements because they come from nature, kind of like astaxanthin and the chlorella and spirulina, all these things come from nature and we can utilize them to boost our health and wellness. Yeah, I'm on board with all these mushrooms. What are the other ones that are interesting to you and what properties do they have, whether it's for, for cognition or otherwise? So another one that not a lot of people know about, this is one that we launched. And, and you know, this is I'm, I'm sharing this because it relates directly with things that are going on right now and not just, a, you know, a sales pitch. But one is a Garicon mushroom, Larissifomus officinalis or Fomatopsis officinalis. They, they've changed their latin names recently but this agaricon mushroom it's the longest living fruiting body mushroom that we know about these conks in the wood can grow to be 50 to 70 to sometimes 80 to 90 years old in the wild okay and, and so we don't harvest these we you know ethically just we'll, we'll take strains of them through a syringe from the fruiting body and then we culture them on uh, a mycelial base but what this is Back after 9-11, the Department of Defense, the NIH, and the NIAID were doing research on different compounds that could basically act as counteragents to things like MRSA, SARS, cowpox, swine flu, things like that. And there were 200,000 different samples submitted to this study. It was through the Biodefense BioShield program at the DOD. And... A lot of the compounds were from nature. Some were, you know, synthetic pharmaceuticals. Uh, and many of these natural ones were mushrooms submitted by Paul Stamets. A lot of people know who he is, arguably the most well-known mycologist. And 
the results came back and he actually wasn't supposed to get the results. It was definitely, you know, some sort of divine intervention of some sort because they probably would have just kept this information quiet. But what they found was Agaricon was literally off the charts in terms of its antiviral and antibacterial activity, some strains of it. He tells this whole story on Joe Rogan's podcast, but basically his compound got swarmed by a Black Hawk helicopter because this information, the government, they knew who he was, but they didn't know, okay, is he studying, you know, antidotes to biological weapons or is, you know, what's going on? Nothing ended up happening. It was fine. They published the results. It all came out. But now, you know, we can offer these products, these mushrooms to the world. And we're just one of uh, a few companies literally in the world who are offering this stuff. And sort of how we differ in our approach to the mushrooms, you know, there's many great companies not ever going to put any of them down. Our approach is just a little bit different in that we're growing our mushrooms longer than many companies. And so what we do and what we've tested is the end result, the end product is typically higher in certain bioactive constituents. And so you get a stronger, more finished product that that we're putting out. So that's sort of, you know, a common question. Well, how do you differ from others? But the agaricon, it's so important right now, you know, think of the whole respiratory situation that's happening in the world and the research that took place on some of these different compounds. And so it's very timely information, but also on more of like a lower side of it, the indigenous there. So this only grows really in a couple places in the world uh, throughout Greece and throughout the Pacific Northwest. So Dioscorides, the Greek physician, called agaricon something where it relates to the elixir of long life. And what the indigenous have used this for in past times is, you know, respiratory health, immune health, inflammatory conditions. But they also strongly believe that this helped protect them, uh, what they called in the afterlife, or protect them from, you know, negative entities or negative spirits, whatever you want to call it. They believe that it had this sort of like spiritual protective aspect to it. Now, whether that's true or not, you know, we can't really tell. But they did really believe in that lore and they really believe that it helped protect in what they called diseases caused by the spirits. Very interesting sort of mythological background on it, but also profound research that's taken place, you know, at the highest levels here in the U.S. Yeah, so I've never heard of agaricon. Is that how you say it? Agaricon? Yeah. Never heard of it until now. So it's really interesting. And so it has very powerful antiviral and antibacterial properties. So is this something a person would take on a daily basis as far as like a, a preventative measure? Or would you only take it in times of, of need where you feel like you may have been exposed or maybe you're going to be traveling internationally or, or things like that? Obviously, both can be beneficial. I know that the mycologist, in particular, Paul Stamets, he's advocated in different ways. Uh, I shouldn't say that these are his words directly, but from what I've gathered and what I've learned from him and other mycologists, it's beneficial ongoing. Now, this isn't to say you have to take it every single day for the rest of your life, obviously, but a consistent use of it can be beneficial because it, it is also helping neurologically too. But certainly if you're traveling or if you're going to be around people, who maybe aren't feeling the best, uh, definitely loading up on the agaricon can be beneficial. 
Interesting. Um, so those are both new products you launched. The or- organic lines main is the Agaricon organic as well. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So just like the DHA high quality stuff, which I love to hear. Do you offer any other types of mushrooms or are those the first couple? Yeah, just the first two. We will have more coming for sure, but we wanted to get those two out right away. Uh, we feel that those are the most important at this time. We're definitely looking into chaga, reishi, cordyceps, you know, some of those other really phenomenal ones too. Using our, our methodology as well as making sure that we put out a very strong product that someone can actually feel. 100%. Do you have any other thoughts on mushrooms before we move along? So I think that just in general, we're going to continue to see an accelerated quickening into mushroom research, all the different species, you know, including psilocybin. I think that there's a lot of different compounds within mushrooms that we're only just beginning to understand. Uh, I think that these mushrooms, all of them have such different intelligences that we are continuing to learn from them and and we will continue to so i'm i'm fascinated and very excited for what the mushroom research in general will be you know certainly there's a lot of people interested in the psilocybin space people interested in more of the functional food space of the mushrooms all of it's growing and developing and i'm very interested to see where it's going to go and we want to keep pushing it forward in our ways as well because of what we're doing specifically on on our growing process and how we're vetting the strains. So even like the strains, as an example of Heresium arenaceus, which is that species, there's different strains within species that can be stronger or weaker of a certain species. Okay. And so what we're doing is we're genetically testing to make sure that the strain of each species of those two species that we're using is the strongest possible you know we're not modifying it we're not you know playing god in any way but we're just testing okay this strain that we've found this is testing for these it looks like it's going to give us the best potential for this to grow into the strongest therapeutic product and so we're doing that even before we start culturing these these mushrooms and so that's another thing in this space is not all species are created equal just because you have a lion's mane doesn't mean that you know the one next to it is going to be the same or have the same compounds the same percentages of compounds etc so so as a layperson that brings up a good topic lance so as a layperson who's just looking online amazon or, or google what have you let's say they look at lion's mane and then they check out you know three or four different companies how are they supposed to decipher that they're getting the best stuff because unless you dive really deeply like you have it's not necessarily on the label or you're not going to be able to just look at the the company's website and necessarily pick that up like how does a person discern which one is superior exactly and it's spot on because unless if you're digging deep and asking the company questions doing your own research and i mean ultimately relying on their research if they are providing some uh, how accurate it is. To answer your question, it's it's very difficult. You have to either contact the company directly and find out exactly what they're doing, which they're probably not going to tell you, not because they're trying to hide it. Every company has their own processes and you only want to share so much, as you know. The other thing is no one's really talking about that aspect of what I just said. Companies might in in some ways, but from what I've found, there's not really 
many companies doing that, if at all. So this is sort of a, a taboo thing within this field because the, the mushroom space is so new and there's so much science that has still yet to be done. There is deceptive marketing taking place amongst some companies. Now, again, I'm not going to put anyone down. Like we're all doing our best in our own ways. I don't even think it's intentionally deceptive. It's just trying to make their product look as best as possible. Like we're all, like we all do. The lack of information out there on some of these bigger concepts of okay, well, what is the growing time? What is the strain of the species that you use? Did you genetically test the strain to ensure that it's going to have the greatest capability to produce the best finished product? Um, these are just a couple of questions. There's more, but this is something that we wanted to do is bring this information to light and show that we're confident and happy with what we're doing. We test ours. We we know the percentages of the different compounds as it relates to different companies. We're very happy with our finished product and we know what we're doing with this and we're just putting it out there. So again, we're not here to pick fights with anyone or say, you know, they're worse or, or they're better. It's just we know what we're doing on this and we're happy with it and we're always pushing forward. We're always trying to improve it. But we've got this product that we're very, very happy with, and it's taken quite some time to get here, and and now we're here. Yeah, and, and again, I that's why I asked that question is because uh, you went into such detail that uh, it's clear that you're very transparent about what you do, and you're proud of it, and because you hold you and your company to a high standard, which is phenomenal to see in a supplement space, which is a space that's notorious for you really don't know what you're getting inside that bottle or capsule necessarily. Um, you're just hoping that what's on the label is in that capsule, but you don't necessarily know. Um, so I love hearing that. Along the that line of thought, and this could be like a whole other podcast episode, is as far as bringing the whole everyone up to the same standard in the industry is, is a place where blockchain technology is going to come into place. And really, I don't think in the not too distant future, maybe in the next couple of years here, uh, because I'm not sure how savvy you are with that, Lance, but essentially anything on the blockchain is extremely transparent. And so everyone's very familiar with cryptocurrency, but that's just one very small aspect of the entire blockchain technology, which is notorious for being decentralized or transparent. So anything and everything on the blockchain cannot be altered. And my point is, there's going to be far-reaching places for blockchain technology outside of cryptocurrency. So for your space, it would be wherever something is grown or once it's packaged and shipped, it'll be on the blockchain so anyone and everyone can see it. Maybe there'll be a little QR code on your bottle where someone can click the picture and it'll show the exact strain, the exact date it was harvested, the exact date, and all these types of things. And you can see where this can go into a lot of different rabbit holes. But as far as the supplement industry, the transparency, I think that's where it's really going to take a leap is once uh, that type of blockchain technology is adopted, I should say. And people like you, it's going to be very seamless because you're already very transparent and the blockchain is actually just going to make that easier for you to carry forward with your with your company. So just throwing that out there for anyone interested in that whole side of things. But it, it's very intriguing. So I'll just throw yes. that out a hundred percent. And we're actually working on some things as it relates to that. I'm, I'm not going to share a whole lot at the moment, but a hundred percent we're, we're on the same page with that. Well, something that I can say, and this is like an example, 
is, you know, ultimately we want to look at what's the energy input and output and how does that relate to the environment and all the different factors. And so uh, one example with that algae oil is how much waste are we cutting out? Are we saving? How much energy are we saving from gas to, you know, all the processes, all the human labor, let's say in the fish or fish oil industry, when we just bypass that, how much energy do we save? And what, how does that relate to the overall concept of life on this planet just by doing that? So that's one example. Another example is, you know, we wild harvest pine pollen and pine needles up in Canada, and then we create a finished product with that. And we're looking at how does that relate into regenerative agriculture? And how does that relate into just sort of like what you're talking about? How do we identify where it's coming from? How clean it is? Uh, how can we mark that and show that to people? put it on the blockchain and have that information out there so it's readily available. So we're at the beginning stages of it, but there's a lot of work being done and we are going to keep pushing forward on that for sure because it's so interesting and fascinating and it's it's where things are going. Optimization overall. Yep, 100%. And that's why I love your your company name Ascent Nutrition. You're ascending in all aspects of uh, supplementation and, and energy efficiency and all that. Uh, but let's move quickly into some more specifics about red light therapy. Can't let you get off the hook without a little more <laughs> details on, yes. on your thoughts on of red light therapy. Uh, how did you learn about it? How do you utilize it? What have you noticed since implementing it? So on and so forth. I learned about it. I don't know exactly when it was several years ago, but it was as I was learning about the sun and how the sun interacts with us on a light level, you know, through our eyes, like we talked about absorbing the beneficial frequencies from it and just how it helps us. And one rabbit hole opened and I started learning about red light specifically. And I've been using it consistently for the past three years. I have different devices, one, you know, far infrared sauna, one is more of like a face lamp. There's a, a wristband one as well. And I'll use it multiple times a week. I'll use it like before I came on the show. I'll do different light therapies. If I'm preparing for something or if I need to do some writing, I'll absolutely use the red light therapy. Uh, there's head devices too. I've used, used that as well. I just really believe that, again, you look at Fritz Albert Pop's quote, we're still on the threshold of fully understanding the relationship between light and life, but we know that life and the metabolism of us is dependent on light. And so when you are giving this beneficial healing therapeutic red light, it is going to have an effect. And it's something so simple, like, yes, it costs money. But imagine when we can get to the day where these are readily available to so many more people, and these chronic conditions will be disappearing, like you were talking about earlier, you're getting results from people completely eliminating their pain in one or two sessions with red light. Whereas if you're using other models and modalities, it might take several sessions. So I am a huge uh, advocate and believer and user of red light. And I'm, I'm very excited to see where it's going to go. I mean, it, we're, we're just at the beginning, like you talked about, the space has evolved so much just in the past two, three, four, five years that where are we going to be in 2030? You know, it's going to be way beyond. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think inevitably it'll be in everyone's houses in some way, shape, or form. 
like you said, it's just going to be easier to have access to it, maybe even to the point, and this is kind of where I see it, you'll be utilizing red light therapy without even really knowing that you're receiving it because it's going to be so integrated in in one form or another, whether you're sitting on your couch or in your car or taking a shower or, or all these things we do on a daily basis, somehow red light therapy will be implemented so that your your body and your cells and your mitochondria are receiving that red and near-infrared light without you even really having to set aside time or energy necessarily to do it. Yeah, seven years from now, where is it going to be? It'll be interesting. And same, same yeah. with you and everything you're doing you know, with the DHA mushrooms. I mean, again, you, like you pointed out, there's still lots of research to be done to really fully understand its capabilities and all the different strains with mushrooms. So, I mean, as always, we're living in pretty exciting times. Definitely. And something else too that I use, and, you know, this is really cool because I've wanted to talk about this for a while and this is the perfect opportunity. So the red light teeth device that you've got behind your right shoulder. So I use that as well. I actually need to get a new one. So I'm going to be buying yours hundred percent. So what I've done in the past is I've used that and how I perceive that is, okay, if you think about teeth, we know it's they're, they're piezoelectric and we know that teeth is actually the only outside facing bone that we have. So it's, it's exposed to the environment. Like our femur is not exposed to the environment, the teeth it's exposed to the environment. And so if we are using a beneficial frequency on a bone that is already piezoelectric, it's conducting energy. What is that going to do? So my, my thought on that is that when we are stimulating the teeth and our bones and our whole physiology with this beneficial red light, maybe it's having even a stronger effect. I don't know. And, you know, maybe that's not true, but again, this is just more of a theoretical thing that I've been thinking about is how does the red light directly on the teeth relay throughout the body and and what is it doing on that overall physiological level let's say if you're comparing it to just exposing the skin to it no it's very interesting and it's it's uh coincidental that you bring up the piezoelectric aspect of bones because i'm literally finishing up the book electric body by robert obecker i'm not sure if you've read that uh but understanding that bones do have that piezoelectric uh, capacity. So I didn't even really think of that in terms of shining the red and near infrared light on the teeth and, and from that standpoint, but that is pretty fascinating. And it would be interesting to get some concrete metrics on that. Yeah. But lastly, Lance, let's just have you uh, kind of toot your horn as far as like your company, where can people go to check out your products, check out your company, uh, learn more from and about you yourself. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm on Instagram at Lance Shuttler. I'm on YouTube, Lance Shuttler. My website, lanceshuttler.com. And then the company that I own, Ascent Nutrition, that website's goascentnutrition.com. And all those products that we talked about are on there. You can find me on all those different platforms. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll leave those all those links in the show notes so people can go check out your company and... Uh, you yourself, I'd highly recommend following Lance. Of course, as you can tell by the interview, he's full of really great and profound information if you're into health and wellness, which if you're this far in the podcast, you probably are. (laughs) (laughs) Any last words, Lance, as far as health, wellness, light that you'd like to pass along to the audience that we haven't talked about yet? I think that we're really in the most exciting times, just in general. 
you know, there's a lot of darkness happening in the world as we know and we can see, but I really believe that we're we're at the end of a different phase and we're about to step into a new phase that's based on light and love and healing and happiness and health and that red light therapy and light therapy in general is going to play a huge role in mitigating disease and helping people to overcome disease and really just helping people to open up more to what is possible because it's now becoming more accepted that light therapy actually does help and once people try it they can feel the difference and we've seen these big institutions throughout the world over the past you know many years but you know the past few years specifically they've lost a lot of trust in the general population and rightfully so there's still many good things happening with health and wellness and and the the mainstream medicine model but we know that the alternative and holistic methods really are where we need to focus the preventative aspect and really just coming back to a place of homeostasis and health and if we do have major things going on yes we of course want to go to the hospital and and you know be looked at in those different ways but again these institutions have crumbled their trust with the human population and it's episodes like this and people that you're bringing on dr mike and just what you're doing with your company is helping so many people and it's really going to just start avalanching i believe this year because we're at this precipice where people are needing solutions and they're seeking solutions outside of what the mainstream has been completely agree the pendulum is swinging less away from the uh rigorous allopathic scientific model more so to like you're saying this alternative holistic being able to take and advocate for yourself and really take health into your own hands versus relying upon a different entity completely agree with you but i highly recommend people go check out lance's company ascent nutrition at goascentnutrition.com i'm certainly going to be going to check it out i need to get some dha and i already take lion's mane but I really love what Lance had to say about his processes. Again, the transparency, the high quality of his ingredients and what he uses and how he does it. So I'm going to be going to check out his lion mane and getting me some of that organic, high quality, ascent nutrition variety. So Lance, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your uh, sharing the knowledge and your expertise. I was really looking forward to this uh, interview and <laughs> you you blew it out of the water. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate all that. Uh, this was so much fun. I've been looking forward to this as well. Great energy and we're on the same page and getting the good information out there to people and hopefully it helps people. 100%. That's what it's all about, helping people and uh, improve their health and, and the quality of life in some way. But for Lance Shuttler, this is Dr. Mike Belkowski signing off another episode of The Red Light Report. You all have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to The Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.